The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Welcome back to Everyday Blakers with Time Time and Tech Monster. So this episode, we'll be talking about... First, this is our episode number two. How exciting is that? Woohoo! <laughs> and we're tackling the topic of game-changing news. So what kind of things did you cover this week? So this week we talked about current events, specifically how any of the students and teachers may be connected to the hurricanes and the earthquakes. And we got a couple stories from a few of the teachers and some information from some of the students about their experiences and connection to those events. Looking forward to listening to that. And we're also tying in some game-changing news with technology. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Apple had their keynote in announcing the iPhone X with the anniversary of the iPhone itself. And then also the Apple Watch with cellular data. So we're finding out what we think is more game-changing and how that impacts, you know, the game-changing weather and news, too. So we rely a lot on our personal devices, so it'll be interesting to see which one of those according to the students, and then um, based on some keynote that we're going to hear from Apple, just which one do you think is more game-changing? Okay. Then Everyday Blakers goes on the road. Well, actually, the river. We went on, (laughs) right, the Charles River, because the eighth grade takes their, it's a traditional outing, right? Um, They go on the Charles River, and they canoe uh, about five miles, so I actually have some live broadcasts from some 8th graders as they're canoeing and paddling down the river. Sounds like it was very eventful, Tech Monster, am I right? (laughs) Yep, listen in, you'll hear something. (laughs) And then we also stop in the superintendent's office because he, uh, Dr. Marsden, has a special announcement for us. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. All right, we're here with Heim Time, and I'm going to talk to Senora Manning today. Welcome, Senora Manning. Thank you so much. And she's here to tell us about her connection to Hurricane Maria and Puerto Rico. So what is your connection to Puerto Rico? So I have a couple of connections, actually. The first of which, probably the most important, is that my mom is Puerto Rican. My dad, when he was starting out on his career, actually accepted a job transfer to Puerto Rico. I lived there for five years, and my youngest sister was actually born there. So you have a very strong connection to Puerto Rico. I think so. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Plays a big part of probably why you are a teacher of Spanish. That's exactly why I'm a teacher of Spanish. Yes, you deduced that correctly. So how have they been affected by the recent hurricane? So my, my mother has a very, very close cousin who lives there, my cousin Jorge, who has four children, and um, they have been hugely affected by what's going on. They're, Jorge reported to me that his house is actually still standing. It's a concrete structure. It did sustain some damage, but they're still able to live there. Um, but the shortage of resources on the island is real. They are very much struggling with the lack of power. Mm-hmm. I just saw recently that so it's been 13 days since the hurricane hit the island. They're still at less than 20% of the island has power. As we know, it's a Caribbean island. It's hot. Lack of power means lack of fans and air conditioning. So it's uncomfortable conditions. Um, There's a lot of debris in the road, a lot of um, downed trees and power lines. 
Jorge said that uh, he sees the people being very resourceful, removing the wooden mm-hmm. um, debris and actually burning the trees oh. to kind of make room yep. for things. They're also using all of those downed trees to create open fires where they can cook. Oh, because wow. um, without gas or propane. <laughs> So without gas or propane, uh, Jorge reported that they're using the open fires to cook on. So they're being very resourceful in Puerto They're Rico. doing their best. Yeah. They're doing their best. I think they're still hopeful that help will get there more efficiently, more quickly. Mm-hmm. There are real things that they need. But um, Jorge is, I think, a great example of a person who's trying to make the best of a bad situation. So he's lucky he has that character to carry him through this. I think this. so. I think yeah. it is. A, I think it is a testament to his character. Um, so would you say that um, there was? How would you say that you were first able to get an update of their status? Well, actually, our, our first update came via a text message to my mom, and um, Jorge still, you know, everybody in in um, preparation of the hurricane coming was very resourceful in terms of charging all of their devices. Oh, wow. Huh. Little, Lesson learned, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and the portable chargers. So everybody sort of filled those with, to capacity. Wow, yeah. So for for a day or so after the island lost power, it was relatively easy for Jorge to send those text messages. Then those chargers, you know, got drained, and it's been a little more complicated, yeah. but we feel like we're in mostly regular communication with him. That's great. That's great. Were there any other ways via social media or anything that you were able to connect? Technology played a huge role because actually since then, um, there so there are cues to now charge your devices at places. The island has, like I said, about 20% capacity. Um, so since they've been able to recharge those devices, Jorge is communicating to us via Facebook, Wow, which has been wow. helpful. What a positive use of social media. I agree. That's I agree. Um, I think We've seen a lot of great examples of people posting pictures. Mm-hmm. I think that, that organizations have been posting ways to be involved, ways to contribute, ways to help. I think that's a really great um, use of social media as well. And it's just also nice to see pictures of Jorge, you know, just knowing that he's well and him taking pictures of the conditions there to not only inform us, but also to, you know, calm us that yeah. they're. They have a roof over their head. They have food to eat. Um, That's all been good. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking your time with us today. Thank you so much for the invitation, Mrs. Heim. It was really nice to participate. We'll keep you in our thoughts and your family, and hopefully the recovery effort continues to go, hopefully, smoothly. Thank you so much. Thank you. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Hey, so guess where we are today? We're out here on the Charles River. It's a beautiful sunny day. And Mr. Heim is leading us down the river. We made a stop. Mr. Heim, you want to tell us what we're doing? Sure. Here we are on the Charles River. We are at the discharge from the water, the Medgar water treatment plant. And the students are testing to see if the levels of nitrates, phosphates, uh, pH, and the turbidity have changed based on what the water treatment plant is putting back into the river. And you can hear all the canoes in the background. We just watched a, a great blue heron take off. And 
going to do our fourth of five tests. All right, so we're going to try and check in with some of the students. Right now they're just docking their canoes on the side of the river and kind of doing some water tests, just what he described. You wouldn't know that because it's just such a relaxing day out here, isn't it? It's gorgeous. All right, so we'll check in in a second. All right, as everyone's docking their canoes on the side of the, the river here, we have two eighth graders that pulled up alongside of us. We have Hugh and Seamus. And Seamus, what happened to you? You're looking a little bit wet for yeah. those who can't see us. Yeah, yeah, my partner kind of got me in the water. <laughs> and are you okay? Physically, yes. Mentally, no. You're recovering. Physically. All right. So now that we're stopped, what type of water testing do you have to do? Nitrates. Nitrogen. We're looking for nitrates in the water, not nitrogen, no. And what level, do you, can you tell me about the levels? Is it the higher the level? It's, what does that mean? Um, it's usually you want to keep it lower, and that's what it's been like so far. Not much has changed. It's, it's been pretty low. So we're basically saying that the water treatments, the water is still... What? The treatment plant is not impacting the level of nitrates not yet, in the no. Charles River. Not yet. Not yet, as, you've, in, as you're doing your research. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much. We'll check in with a few other students. Have fun. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. All right, this is Heim Time here, and we have Kristen Bewley with us today, and she's going to share a little bit about her connection to Hurricane Irma in Florida, and welcome, Kristen. Oh, thank you. So, Kristen, how are you connected to Hurricane Irma? How is your family connected? So, a few years ago, my parents bought a condo in Naples uh, where they hope to retire someday. Um, so when they heard about Hurricane Irma, obviously they were very concerned about the people who live in Florida. We have family down there. Um, but then their secondary concern after we knew people were safe um, was about property damage. So are your parents down there right now? They are not down there right now, which made them, I think in a way, feel more disconnected because they didn't feel that they had any information about what the reality looked like down there. And how did they get any updates via technology, social media, friends in the area? Yeah, it was really cool because during Hurricane Irma, we were all obviously watching the news, trying to get as many updates as we could by the hour, by the minute. Um, you know, every time they flashed to a news anchor in in Naples, we sort of sat on the edge of our seats and they're like, oh, that's what it looks like. So, um, so that was one piece of information that that they retrieved from the news. But then it was really hard to know because different parts of Naples, obviously, if you were closer to the water, had different kinds of damage. Mm -hmm. And um, for the two weeks following the storm, they just sort of had limited exposure and limited information to what the reality looked like down there. So... Um, when people don't live in their condos or in their homes down in Florida, sometimes they have realtors check in on these condos from time to time. Hmm. A lot of the realtors had left the area, so the people that you that you usually use to to go check in on your on your condo or your home weren't available. Um, 
So some of the realtors teamed up together, and what they did is they used the Facebook Live option. Oh. And they went from complex to complex systematically and basically videoed the damage that, that they were seeing. Um, and and they kept saying, you know, even if we don't help you, write in the Facebook comments where you want us to try and go next. Oh, that's really cool. So they were open, they were really open to helping anyone who needed help, and they basically tried to get to any area that they could physically get to. There were trees down and things like that, so they weren't able to get to every area, um, but they provided the most realistic and up-to-date information that we received. So you could assure that your residents, um, the state of your residents, based on your request to, for them to go to that address. Yeah, and, and mostly it was by complex because the level of um, requests was so right, high. Right. But, you know, my parents live in a place called um, Pelican Marsh, and that's how a lot of the places in, condo in uh, Florida are set up. They're communities rather than neighborhoods. And so people would say, oh, can you please go to Pelican Marsh and see what the status is of the community? And they would go and sort of um, get a sense of what the exterior looked really like neat. in that area. Yeah. What a purposeful use of social media. It was really like, cool. Good lesson learned, kiddos, for how we can use social media in a positive way. Yeah, awesome well, to thank you people. for your time, Chris and Buley, and we're going to go enjoy some lunch now. Thank you for your audience listening time. So now we're going to take a look at some of the student feedback from the Google form asking for any connections to the hurricanes or the earthquakes and we had quite a few. We had out of 140 participants that answered in the survey, we had 43 said that they had connections to either the hurricanes or the earthquakes. So I'm just going to read some of the quotes. These are anonymous. My cousin and his family live in Florida. He and his family had to evacuate their home. Upon return, they now have to deal with the damage, not only to, scrolling, their home, but to their neighborhood homes and their children's schools. So that was a major effect. Uh, another one, my family in Houston and family in Florida had to evacuate. They lost several of their belongings, but fortunately their homes are okay. That's good to hear. They live in Texas. And the streets were flooded, and my mom's friend found an alligator in her driveway. Uh, not that that's cool, but that's pretty shockingly um, different news from the rest of the responses we got. And then the last one is, my uncle owns a restaurant on St. John in USVI, the U.S. Virgin Islands. He recently moved back to New England, but his sole income is based on the restaurant that was destroyed by the hurricanes. He fears his house will go into foreclosure and that will affect him and his family. And that is a pretty um, heartbreaking response, and I think that that's something that wasn't one of the more common responses, and I know it's um, a little dark, but I think it's reality, and it's something that's good to think about and be aware that there are some people that are in that position where they're connected to families that have been uh, devastatingly affected. And that's what we have for the Google responses. Time time back, we ask students to explain how they rely on technology in their everyday life. And it could be any device, it could be iPads, phones, televisions. So here are some of the student responses we got from the Flipgrids. And we have Stavi's group in seventh grade, we have Andy Brown in eighth grade, and Callie's group in eighth grade. So enjoy the listening. Bye. 
technology for entertaining ourselves and looking something that we don't know yet. For school purposes to help us learn. And for communicating with our friends I use technology in my daily life by using my phone to communicate with others and using for social media, my iPad to get emails from teachers and doing my homework and my, the television to watch shows and movies. We rely on technology by using our phones to connect with friends or family and using our iPads for school. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Hey everyone, I'm sitting here in the superintendent's office. I think I'm in trouble, maybe not. Um, Dr. Marsden has some exciting news to share with everyone. Hey everybody, I'm just really excited to let everyone know that we just opened up a Medfield Public Schools Facebook page. We've had a pretty good uh, presence on Twitter, but now we've expanded it to Facebook. I'm really excited to get the word out to the community. Great. So we have a Facebook page for the elementary schools, for Blake, the high school, and now the district is right there following us. So uh, please follow all, all of our pages. Thank you. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. All right. Well, that's a wrap on episode two. I'm done. What did you like most about this episode? What was interesting to you? Well, I thought it was really cool when I talked to both Senora Manning and Miss Bewley that they both had a theme of Facebook as a means to post the status of their friends and family's homes and um, just ensure that everybody was okay via the use of really purposeful technology. Yeah, it really helps us stay connected in social media in some way, but particularly Facebook really gives us that means to do that. Yeah, it seemed just like a very purposeful use, and, and it was just a way for everyone to be connected and efficiently communicating with one another. So what did you like about this episode, Tech Monster? Well, you know, I'm just hoping that Seamus uh, has dried off by now. Oh, <laughs> Seamus, what a good sport. Uh, it was interesting, but it was my first time paddling down the... Uh, Charles River with eighth graders, and I really actually enjoyed it. To be, and I'm surprised about that. that I was, was going to say, are you surprised that you enjoyed it? I am. Because I <laughs> to be honest, stay away from field trips. But that one was a good one. Um, so what we want you to do is stay tuned to next week because I think you're going to enjoy this next episode even more. Uh, our topic will be Halloween at Blake. Yeah, and we're going to take uh, a little bit more time on this episode. We're going to be a little bit more thoughtful, and uh, there's a lot that goes on in our school with uh, Halloween. The teachers uh, usually have a mysterious theme that they plan for the day, and there's a pumpkin contest, and we're going to reach out to students and kind of see if we can develop a spooky theme for our podcast. You know, because Halloween is a big deal, and as you heard, it takes us a good year in advance to plan for the next year. So stay tuned for that. But what we're getting from most people, our listeners, is where can we find you? We want to listen to you and find your episodes. So where can they do that? Time time. Well, it's pretty exciting. I feel like we're really official now. You can actually find us in the iTunes store and Google what? Play. No way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So if you start typing Everyday Blakers, it might uh, just finish up that um, episode name for you, and you'll be able to find us pretty easily. And you can even, uh, you know, binge listen to any of the episodes you may have missed if you haven't caught up to us yet. So just do that, and then you'll automatically have the episodes right there. Every time there's a new episode drop, it'll be right there in the store for you. Well, there you go. 
The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Everyday Blakers. We're launching our new podcast with Mrs. Heim and Miss Horvath. And we want you to think about one thing before our first episode. We want you to think about diversity and what it looks like for you. And some of the questions we'll think about is your family, your friends, your ethnicity, your experiences, and much more. So watch for a Google form, which will be the survey that we send out to all students. We would love for as many of you to take the survey by next week. How about next Wednesday? So that we can share your information and talk a little bit about our diversity at Blake uh, at our first podcast. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you as our audience for the rest of the year. Bye. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.